0: You're listening to messages from Cuyahoga Valley Church in Broadview Heights, Ohio. If you're looking for more resources or want to get in touch, please head to our website at www.cvconline.org. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your day and help you experience new life in Christ. I want you to, this morning to lock in on some relationship that is just not working well for you. Lock in on some relationship. It's not going well. It could be a friendship from your past that needs to be rekindled. It could be a workplace relationship that has maybe gone sour. It could be a strained relationship with a brother or a sister or an aunt, an uncle, a cousin. Uh, Maybe you had a disagreement with a spiritual leader in the past And when you see them at Giant Eagle now, you run to the other side of the store and hope you don't run into them at the checkout counter. Or perhaps a painful relationship in your life right now is in your own home with your son or daughter or mother or father. What I want you to do is to lock in on some relationship today. It's not going well uh, because this message is just going to be like theory and information Unless you can make a proper application like here and now. So you got a relationship. Give me a little nod if you've got a relationship in mind. Okay, that's like three people. Um, (laughs) Do you have a relationship in mind? Okay, all right, good. Well, that'll keep this from being just theory today. And hopefully you can make an application in your life. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll start with verse 10. And um, we'll go through verse 13. Next week, we'll kind of finish this section of Scripture. We're in a series called War and Peace. And I like what Pastor Josh has said at our Brunswick campus. We tend to have war when we're supposed to have peace, and we tend to have peace where we're supposed to have war. Three weeks ago, we talked about how to have more peace and less war in marriage. Two weeks ago, we talked about how to have more peace and less war at home in the parent-child relationship. Last week, we talked about how to have more peace and less war in the marketplace. And today, we're going to find out that achieving real peace in marriage and real peace in the home and real peace in the marketplace will require war. In other words, we have to war for peace we got to fight for it. And what we're talking about, of course, is spiritual warfare. Now, spiritual warfare? What are you talking about? Well, the idea is that we are in a fight. We're in an invisible war, whether we know it or not. We're in a conflict, whether we acknowledge it or not. And if you're not engaging in this battle, then you're actually losing the battle. If you're not fighting, you're failing. If you're not battling, you're beaten. If you're not wrestling, then you're wasted. And the vitality of your relationships is at stake. Uh, One time Jesus was talking about the devil and he said this. The thief, he's calling the devil a thief. The thief has come to steal and kill and destroy. So the devil hates you and he hates every relationship that you hold dear. And he's working to rob you of the richness of your relationships. He wants to steal your friends. He wants to kill your unity and he wants to destroy your family. Now, I know that some of you here, you might have a hard time believing in the reality of a a devil and demons and all of that. You know, that, that that's for movies. That's not for real life. But think about it. Sociology and psychology cannot adequately explain the darkness and the depravity that exists in the world. No matter how high the level of education, no matter how high the technology, no matter how high the policing, no matter how high the affluence, all of that... Uh, Prejudice and selfishness and greed still permeate our societies. And they result in war and murder and oppression and abuse and sex trafficking. I mean, the darkness in the world is terrible. So so just human dysfunction alone, psychology and sociology cannot account for the pervasiveness of evil in the world and in my life. Was a New York pastor, Tim Keller, and he asked some great questions. If you struggle to believe in the devil and demons, would you consider that just possibly you're being too simplistic? Would you consider that your point of view has been too narrowly shaped by Western culture, which says if there's no scientific answer for something, then it can't exist? Would you consider that if it's reasonable to believe in God then it's reasonable to believe that God has an enemy and that enemy is opposing him and that enemy is opposing you and your relationships. See, Jesus Christ himself believed in a real devil. Matthew chapter 4. And then if you study the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 14 and Ezekiel chapter 28 describe this this conflict. They describe this angelic being who rebelled against God. And then a number of other angelic beings followed that rebellion. And that is explaining this spiritual warfare that exists between God and the enemy. Uh, The devil has been called Satan. Satan. The destroyer, the adversary, the deceiver of the whole world, the father of lies, the God of this world and the tempter. And he disguises himself as an angel of light. You are in an invisible war. So for the sake of your family and the sake of your relationships, don't be at peace with your spiritual enemy when you're supposed to be waging war with this enemy. So let's Look at Ephesians 6 with that as a backdrop, back, backdrop. Ephesians 6, verse 10, he says, Finally, because we're getting toward the close of this uh, letter, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, and put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So in this message, we're going to learn who to fight and we're going to learn how to fight this invisible war. And, and let me just say it right up front. You got to fight this battle on your knees, And I see four big instructions for us today. To war for peace, be strong, suit up, fight smart, and stand firm. And then toward the end of the message, I will have a few things to share about how to war for peace in our relationships if truth is being compromised, how to war for peace if you're in a relationship with a toxic person, and how to war for peace in a relationship if there's mental illness. But for now, let's just explain. Lord, these four instructions together. The first one, to war for peace, be strong. Be strong. And notice what it says in verse 10: finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And I want you to notice it doesn't say, obviously, be strong in yourself and in the strength of your own might. Don't get involved in self-reliance. Uh, Two times in the space of these 13 words, we are told to make sure that our strength is not our own, but our strength comes from the Lord. Now, some of us in the room, we've been in chronically bad relationships for kind of a long time, and we're maybe thinking, you know what, I'm just not strong enough for this, and I'm about ready to give up and just give in. I want you to think with me. It is precisely when we think, I'm not strong enough for this, that we're best positioned to get help from on high. Uh, one time, there's uh, the man who wrote this, the Apostle Paul, was talking about one of his own experiences with spiritual warfare. And he said that he had been given. Um, a thorn in the flesh or a messenger from Satan to buffet him, to cause him problems. And he felt weak. And then he asked the Lord, would you take this thorn in the flesh away from me? And God says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to take it away from you. And here's what God said to him. My grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. My grace, God says, is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can rest on me. I am content with weaknesses because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So the person who's in a relational conflict and who kind of says, well, I got this is setting himself up for spiritual defeat. If you're thinking, I can handle this, then that's bad. If you're thinking, I can't handle this, then that's good. Because that's when you're going to be going to God for fresh power to handle today's difficulties. So what's that relationship that's not working well for you? A strained relationship with a brother or a sister or an aunt or uncle or cousin You're getting ready to have a picnic today, and you're like going, this is going to be bad. I don't really want to see him or her. Well, maybe you're trying to resolve this in your own strength, with your own wisdom, with your own insight, with your own smarts. And God brought you here today to remind you, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. So when you say, I can't handle this, Lord, you got to help me. That's when you get this kind of supernatural strength to deal with whatever it is you're going to be dealing with. To war for peace, be strong. Second, to war for peace, suit up, suit up. This is in verse 11. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, next week's study is going to start in verse 14. And we're going to learn about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and how to hold the shield of faith. So come back next week and you'll learn more about what it means to suit up. But what I want us to focus on today is the schemes, the schemes of the devil. Uh, schemes in the Greek language is a methodia. And the idea is we're talking about the methods that the devil uses. Um, We're to stand against the devil's methods and strategies that are designed in a diabolical diabolical way to make us fall. And and sadly, we're we're just unaware of some of his tactics. Um, Let me just share several with you, and then we'll dive deeply into one. One of the first tactics is isolation trying to get us to separate from one another, trying to get you to live your Christian life on your own without being in a life group, without being connected to others in prayer. And then there's deception. And then there's accusation. I wish we had time to dive into those. We don't, but the one I want to focus on today is his tactic of division. The devil stirs up believers against one another. There's strife, there's just. Disagreement, there's bitterness, there's resentment, there's unforgiveness, there's disappointment, there's woundedness. And we can tend to have a, you know, like an I'm right and you're wrong mentality. There's the anti vaccine crowd versus the pro vaccine crowd, the anti mass crowd versus the pro mass crowd. There's right versus left. There's Calvinists versus Arminians. And when we divide over these secondary issues, We are falling to the schemes of the devil. And the gospel is not believed by outsiders because there's division in the lives of believers. I mean, where does this come from? All this divisiveness. James chapter 3 gives us a great insight. It says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. So the text here is saying division is demonic. So husbands walking away from wives and wives walking away from husbands, demonic. Demonic. Brothers and sisters in Christ feuding over non-essential issues. Demonic. Believers arguing with one another and pointing fingers at one another on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Demonic. So what's a relationship for you that's not working very well? Conflict at home with mother, father, son, daughter, daughter. Are you aware that the enemy wants to create division? It's one of his schemes. Are you failing to suit up so you can stand against the devil's schemes? Listen, we got to fight these fights on our knees. To war for peace, be strong, suit up, and then fight smart. You, You can fight dumb, okay? But don't do that. Fight smart. For we do not, this is in verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. If you're fighting the person, it's it's fighting dumb. So who are you supposed to fight? The rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I mean, think about it. If you, if you look at the, the book of Ephesians, you could you could say, wait a minute, this book is really about unity. I mean, in chapter 2, we see Jesus as this, this great cosmic figure who brings peace, who tears down the walls of hostility, who makes two into one. If you go to chapter 4, we're told... Be diligent to preserve the the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. If you look later in chapter four, it says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And you get to chapter five, and we're told to walk in love as well as walk in light and walk in wisdom. And then, of course, we see the context about marriage and the home and the marketplace. I mean, this whole book of Ephesians is about helping us to understand that we have an identity in Christ that's common. We're part of a common community, a new community, and we're supposed to be experiencing peace and harmony in our relationships. And the devil is fighting hard against that. And so when we are fighting, sometimes we want to. the husband wants to fight the wife instead of recognizing, wait a minute, There's a spiritual battle that's going on that's invisible. And that's where I need to direct my attention, not at her or not at him, but at this invisible enemy. Fight smart. The person you are struggling with is not your enemy. They may have been influenced by the enemy and probably have been. And by the way, you're not the hero in the relationship. You're not the completely innocent one in the relationship because you're being influenced by the enemy too. Um, It's a great book. Wayne Grudem, theologian, wrote a book called Systematic Theology. If you're a serious Bible student, which I hope everybody is in the room, this is a great book to get. And he's got a chapter in here uh, called Satan and Demons. And he talks about how to, to fight smart. Let me just read a little bit of this to you. In our own personal lives, If we find sinful emotions that are unusually strong, welling up in our minds or hearts, whether they be emotions of anger, hatred, bitterness, in addition to praying and asking Jesus for help in overcoming them, it would also be appropriate for us to say something like, spirit of anger, or spirit of hatred, or spirit of bitterness, in Jesus' name, I command you to go away from here and don't return. Even though we may be unsure whether there is a demonic factor in the particular situation or even though a demon's presence may be only one factor contributing to the situation, nonetheless, such words of rebuke will sometimes be very effective. Fight smart. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We are in an invisible war. Whether you like it or not, You're in an invisible. I mean, some Christians, they would say, well, I I don't want to mess with the devil or demons. You know, I'm just going to kind of leave them alone so they will leave me alone. They're not leaving you alone. So you better learn how to fight this fight. To war for peace, be strong, suit up, fight smart, and stand firm. Stand firm. Verse 13, he says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. Some of us in a relationship, you might be ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to raise a white flag. You're ready to give up. But God calls us to stand. God calls us to dig in. God calls us to not run. And this standing firm is not like we're just like a brick wall that's passive. No, you're you're suited up with the armor of God. You got the battle gear on and you're ready to fight. You're going to defend and you're going to attack. You're going to resist the devil's onrushing attacks. And then you're trying to take back ground from the enemy. So stand firm in the relationship and don't quit and don't give up. Keep hoping, keep persevering, and keep praying. And by the way, this is how you stand firm is to kneel first. Kneel first to stand firm. In other words, hit your knees before you hit your feet. So what's that relationship that's not working so well? Maybe it's a workplace relationship that's turned sour. Are you failing to stand firm and fight this fight from your knees? So those four ideas, be strong, suit up, fight smart, stand firm. Which one did you need to hear most today? And what are you going to do about it? Oh, but Rick, you don't understand my situation. I mean, I've been praying spiritual warfare prayers, and I'm still not at peace. There, there, there's something else that's going on here. And I'll admit, in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, the Apostle Paul writes this If possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. So implicit in that verse is sometimes it is not possible to live at peace, even if you're engaging spiritual warfare well. And so I just want to talk to you about some scenarios where it might be difficult. How do you war for peace in a relationship if the truth is being compromised? I mean, we want to have peace in our relationships with other followers of Jesus, but we cannot have peace at the expense of truth. I mean, think about it. Jesus himself battled with the religious leaders of his day. He said about them, uh, you are honoring God from your lips, but your heart is far from God. He says, you are loading people down with these unreasonable burdens, trying to get people to obey all the rules and the rituals and the regulations. And obviously, Jesus was not at peace with the scribes and the Pharisees in the Bible. Uh, The Apostle Paul famously fought with a group of people called Judaizers. And these are people from the same tribe that Jesus fought with. And and they would say, hey, if you're going to be saved, then you need to follow this Jewish law and this Jewish rule and this Jewish regulation. And Paul says, no, 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 no. You are saved by grace through faith in Christ. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And, And Paul did not live at peace with these Judaizers. So today, when a so-called follower of Christ begins to question some essential things like the trustworthiness of the Bible or the fact that Jesus is the only way to be saved or the fact that we are saved by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone, then we're going to stand with the truth and that might create conflict. Well, what about how do you war for peace if, you're in a relationship with somebody that's just, frankly, a toxic person. See, you might find yourself in a relationship with somebody who seems to be intent on just wreaking havoc in relationships. I mean, that's their track record. That's their history. I learned something from a friend of mine, Mike Misha of North Coast Family Foundation, called triangulation. Some people just like to operate this way. In some strange way, they just get energy By operating this way, they like to see themselves as a victim in a relationship. They get power and energy for living life by seeing themselves as victims. Uh, And then usually they surround themselves with a great number of rescuers in the relationship. And when you enter into a relationship with somebody like this, often, Uh, They might be a seemingly wonderful person, and they enlist you, and you're kind of a rescuer person. But if you ever push back, if you ever say, well, but what about this? Or maybe you weren't right about that. All of a sudden, you become the persecutor. And then they go and they try to find another rescuer somewhere. And, And they seem to get energy and life from this, we call it, triangulation. And um, a lot of times, people can't get out of that. And I just want to say, if you find yourself in that type of a relationship, it's going to be hard for you to be able to live at peace. If you stand up to that person, you're no longer seen as the rescuer. You're the persecutor. And they would say, you are being used by the devil to actually persecute them. And nobody ever taught me about these people. <laughs> Nobody taught me that they can exist even in a church. They can even be on church staffs. They're toxic. And it's virtually impossible to live at peace with them. And And my heart breaks when I say this, but you might be married to somebody like this. Or you might work with somebody like this. We had Gary Thomas here a few years ago, and he has recently written a book about these kinds of people. It's called When... To walk away. Finding freedom from toxic people. So how do you war for peace if there's mental illness? You might be in a relationship with somebody who's struggling with depression or panic attacks or severe anxiety or schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or oppositional defiant disorder or PTSD Sometimes if people are struggling with those kinds of issues, it's just difficult to live with, in peace with them. Some of the things that they say and do just don't seem reasonable. And people will sometimes ask me, um, is the struggle that I'm experiencing in this relationship spiritual warfare or is it mental illness? And you might guess what my answer is. Yes. Yes, it's spiritual warfare, and yes, it's mental illness. Quite often, people have physiological causes for the struggles that they're facing, and they need a doctor's care. They need to be under psychiatric care. They may need medicine. But it's probably not just a physiological issue. It can be spiritual too because the devil is not an idiot. He knows what's going on and he knows just where the pressure points are. And in those cases, you got to fight this fight on your knees and then you got to get your loved one under a doctor's care, both. So how do I war for peace? Be strong, suit up, fight smart. Stand firm. Fight your battles on your knees. You say, well, I didn't see anything about prayer in this section of Scripture. What are you you talking about? Well, you kind of got to dial down to verse 18. Because in verse 18, he's actually telling us how to do these things. And he says this, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Did a little Greek study this past week and... Praying here is what we call an instrumental participle in the Greek language. And what he's really answering here is how. How you engage in this battle against the enemy. So how are we strong? How do we suit up, fight smart, and stand firm? And the answer is by means of praying. That's how. So fight your battles on your knees. And so on the way out today, in the middle of the foyer, there's some spiritual warfare prayers that we've kind of put together for you to begin to use in your life as you pray about these relational issues that you're facing. And if you want to receive a spiritual warfare prayer on your phone that you can use, then text the word prayer to 440-276-5575. And we'll make sure that you get a warfare prayer this week and also next week. This morning, we want to end our time together by giving you an opportunity to actually engage in spiritual warfare today. So I'm going to lead you through some guided prayer, and it's going to take about five minutes, and that's okay. You, you, can, you can do this. <laughs> and what this is going to do is going to give you an opportunity to pray against the enemy about that relationship that you're dealing with that's a struggle, Okay. So I'm going to pray briefly and then I'm going to to ask you to reframe that prayer in your own words to God. Okay? So you can bow your head and close your eyes and listen to me if you want to or you can look at the screen, however you want to do it. But I just want you to take some time to reframe these prayers in your own words to God. So let's do this. Dear Lord God, I need you to restore the broken relationships in my life. And I have been a big part of the cause of the conflicts. So take the next 20 seconds or so and reframe that prayer in your own words to God. Because I have underestimated the role that the enemy has played in causing division, I have tried to fix things on my own. Pray that back to the Lord in your words. Thank you, Father, for sending the Lord Jesus to rescue me from my sins, and from the devil's strongholds by going to the cross for me. Thank you that he rose from the grave. Remind me that in Christ... You have disarmed the rulers and authorities put them to open shame by triumphing over them through Christ's work on the cross. I ask you, Lord God, to demonstrate your great power over the enemy. Win spiritual victories in through with and forth. To defeat the work of your enemies in my relationships, and in the lives of all the people that I love. Where there is death, bring life. Where there is darkness, bring light. Where there is despair, bring hope. Where there is division. Protect us from any and all harmful demonic attacks. Help us to live by faith, knowing that you, the God of peace, will soon crush Satan under our feet. Almighty God, use me as a soldier in your spiritual battles thank you that I need not live in fear because greater are you who lives inside me than the enemy who's in the world oh Lord thank you that absolutely nothing not even the spiritual forces of evil will ever separate me from you Dear Father in heaven, I don't know the stories of everybody in this room, but I know some of the stories in this room. And I know that virtually every person in this room is experiencing warfare in some relationship. And it's causing them pain and hurt and hardship and confusion and despair. God, I pray that we would fight these fights from our knees and we would see you begin to win battles that we never thought possible. Yes, Lord, care for those that are facing battles because of mental illness. Lord, let us realize that sometimes it's necessary to walk away from toxic people and let us always be willing to stand for truth God, when those things aren't happening, I pray that you might intervene, and that you might resolve conflicts, and that you might help us to experience the wall of hostility go down. The two become one. That we might experience unity in the bond of peace. So, Lord, we're gonna war for peace. Do what only you can do. We can't do this, Lord. You can do it. And we pray that you would. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening, friends. If you want to talk about anything that you've heard today, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find contact information and current teaching series on our website at (laughs) www.cvconline.org.